Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we'll be interviewing Elisa Covington. Elisa is a real estate investor in the Bay Area and has recently completed eight flip projects within one year of leaving her full-time job. In this episode, you'll hear her secrets to success, as well as some tips to make sure your projects are extremely profitable. She's a rising superstar in the community, and I'm honored to have her on here. So without further ado, here's Elisa. Thank you so much for coming by and doing this with me. Go back and tell people, like, how did you get started in real estate and what made you want to be a real estate investor? So um, I started from purchasing my first home. It was a two-bedroom, two-bath condo in um, south of Market, San Francisco. And I purchased it as a short sale. And the building also was uh, had pending litigation. Um, which made the the process pretty interesting. It took a whole six months for me to eventually get the place. Well, wow, I took you six months to close on your first property. Yeah, was this because during, it was like, a the, short sale. Yeah, was this during the recession, like 2011? It was um, end of 2011, early 2012. Wow. It was like the bottom of the market, so I got a really good deal because it was a short sale and um, the building had pending litigation. So I was able to acquire the place for um, about 20% below market price. At that market price too, right? Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Because um, short sale, um, a lot of people don't want to touch it because of the long, lengthy process. And it's just a lot of um, documents, a lot of um, bank bureaucracy. And pending litigation, um, what happened was the condo HOA was suing the developer for um, some water intrusion in the building. So um, there is some risk with that if the HOA lose on the suit. So they may not be able to get money from the developer or not enough money to from the developer to do all the repairs then all the owners of the condo complex would have to put up money for the repairs. So your building was built like pretty recently too, right? Because I think developers are only liable for 10 years or so. It was built in 1998. It's, I, I think it's probably longer than 10 years. Okay. Because it was 2011 and the building was built in 1998. So it's already more than 10 years. Yeah, got it. That's kind of yeah. scary, right? As a developer, you're on the hook for something for such a long time. Like you thought, oh, I sold uh, it. But they I made my profit. <laughs> like, yeah, they I made my profit trying to leave, but no. Yeah. So the the um, it was a three-story condo building. The third story had a lot of water intrusion. Hmm. Um, because of the pending litigation, um, very few lenders are willing to lend on those purchases. That's why um, the lenders available are charging much higher rates. I think I had to pay like a 1% higher than the regular interest rate. And that's why, that's also why I was able to get the place for so much cheaper than the market price. Is there anything special about short sale loans? Because I, did, I thought for short sale, you had to buy it with cash, but obviously that's not true. No, no. That's not true. So you bought the same 20% down or? I put 20% down. Yeah. But I think you can put less. If you put less than 20% down, you just have to pay a insurance. 
the mortgage insurance. Gotcha. Like PMI, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought because I thought short sale was kind of like foreclosure where you go there, you pay cash and. Yeah, that's with auctions. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. cool. See, learn something new today too. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, um, after purchasing my first uh, home, I did a remodel because it, it was in very bad shape. And um, I also did house hacking. So I, I lived in part of the one bedroom, one bath, and I rent out the, the other bedroom. Um, from there, I learned that um, owning rental properties is just so awesome. Um, other people are helping you um, pay down the mortgage. At the same time, you are getting a lot of tax benefits. It's just so sweet. I was getting um, monthly rent. And then at the end of the year, when I was doing taxes, I was I had a loss every year. Paper <laughs> so, loss. <Like> quote yeah. <laughs> losses. <laughs> yeah, depreciation. And like even um, half of the HOA was able to be deducted. Oh, nice. HOA dues. Yeah. It was great. That's how I realized the power of real estate. My property also appreciated in value by a lot after the litigation was resolved and also after the market was picking up after the recession. So it's just such a great way to accumulate wealth. Yeah, that's a great story and a great way to get started with real estate. So recently you transitioned from just being you know, a buy and hold investor into flipping properties. And actually last year you flipped eight projects. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So talk a little bit more about that. Like, how did you get from the buy side to the flipping side? And how did you manage to do eight projects in one year, which is amazing for a newer person? Sure. Um, so basically, after my first home, um, I used, um, because the, the um, home was appreciating so crazy, um, I was able to get a HELOC from that um, home to purchase uh, my first rental property. And um, I had to do a full-on remodel of the condo before I could rent it out. Um, and after I did that, um, I was watching HGTV. Nice. It sounds like a cliche, but <laughs> I actually learned a lot from watching the show. And I realized that you could really do it as a business, the house flipping, remodeling, and then resale, uh, resale the houses. So um, I, it, it was like a light bulb just went on yeah, <laughs> in my head. Like imagine and like... I, the thousands and millions of people who watch the same show. Like how many people mm -hmm. actually go out and do it? That's all. That's great. I, yeah, I was inspired by them a lot. And I decided to um, look into this business. That's how I started um, taking classes and um, going to networking events, um, hang out, hang out with ex experienced investors, just taking them out for a coffee or for lunch to learn about how, um, what they do and how they structure their business, things like that. And after that, it's just taking massive actions yeah. and really just do the dirty work. Yeah. Do the dirty yeah. work. 
make so, it happen. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the dirty work. What, like, what is that? What is doing the dirty work? How are you going out there and hustling? Sure. So um, how I find deals is mainly um, I I get all my deals through real estate agents. Um, what I offer them is if they bring a property to me, I purchase the property with them. And after I rehab, I sell the properties with them again. So they get at least double commission. That's how they are motivated to work with me. So in in order to um, to build a network with real estate agents, I was um, I cold call agents while I was still doing my full time job. I just set aside um, a few hours a day. Oh, hours a day. <laughs> I can I can barely do ten minutes a day. You're doing hours. <laughs> I, I like I said, it's hard work. That's the it's results. not. It's not. Um, you just oh, um, you get excited and you do ten minutes of work, then you start doing deals. It's not like that. Yeah. you have to put in the work. That's it's right. a lot of hard work, and you probably hate it when you do it. But if you really stick it out, you can see the results very quickly. So, how many ages do you think you've called over your hours of cold calling? Um, I have a spreadsheet to keep track of all the agents that I've contacted and I have hundreds of agents. Hundreds. Yeah. Nice. More than 500, <laughs> fewer than a thousand. So somewhere around there. And then you started meeting with them in person, right? Instead of just calling them. So how many do you think you've actually met in person? Um, starting last year, because I, I started um, to do the business full time, I um, invited some agents to meet up um, either in their office or for coffee. And I think I've met probably a um, hundred agents or so Jeez. in like two two months. <laughs> That's hard work, I'm right free. there. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of hustle. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's it scary. produces in results. Yeah, in the beginning, it's really scary. Before making every phone call, I have to like really prep myself up and kind of um, like running like all the questions they could. Yeah, ask like all me the scenarios they could possibly yeah. ask you and where the response mm -hmm. is. Exactly. Do you have a script, or do you just kind of like swing it, or? I don't really have a script, but I have all the all the questions. And after each phone call, I would um, kind of reflect on what I did well and what um, questions I I was not answering um, very well. So I would um, think about basically you put yourself in their shoes. You you think about um, if you were an agent, what do you care? Uh, why would you want to consider working with an investor like us? You you want to you want them to feel comfortable to trust you, and you also want to um, offer them the benefits, offer them the um, a, a good reason for them to um, to look for deals for you. Well, let's talk about your designs too, because. You're, you're posting content on social media and your houses look amazing. And Thanks. you're the ones who designed your entire house, right? You don't have someone yeah. else doing it. So talk about, yeah. about that. Like, where do you, 
how do you know this looks good or how do you know this is in style right now? Why would you put this countertop on instead of something else? So um, I'm really interested in the design part. I think that's the most fun part of the business. Um, so before I start a rehab, I actually go through comps in, in an area to make sure that I know exactly what's trending in this neighborhood and also um, what finishings the comps have. So um, when I rehab my project, I know um, what kind of the, the standard that I'm going for. And um, I check, uh, I use Pinterest and also house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com mm -hmm. um, to get inspirations. I, I sometimes do some image searches and I read online about um, the what's trending in like kitchen and bathroom designs. So that's also, um, it helps me to decide what I want to do with the properties. Nice. So when you look at comps, do you actually go in the houses, the, old, the other open houses? You just look at the pictures? Mainly just um, look at the pictures. Sometimes if I'm, I happen to be driving around the neighborhood and I see there are open houses, then I may go in to take a look just out of curiosity. But um, I don't do that a lot. Cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing your deals, like what is your buying criteria? How do you know, all right, this one looks good or now nah, I'll pass next one? So... Um, my regular criteria is mainly just about 10% return on projects, on each project. But currently, because the market has shifted and there's a lot more risk than before, I'm looking for at least a 15% return on the project. And I'm trying to do shorter projects, meaning I could a project that I could turn around in two, three months from close to close. So between the two, three months, it's very unlikely for the market to drop more than 15%. You knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is because real estate market um, reacts much slower compared to stock market or, or any other... Crypto um, market. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially, yeah. I think it's, there's just... The, the risk is limited when you are working in such a short time frame and you have a good margin nice. built in your projects. And just to clarify, when you say 10% return, you're saying 10% of like the entire final value of the home should be profit. All the money in, invested in the project. Oh, the money invested. So all the money you put in like down payment, your holding costs and your construction Hard costs. Money. The, right. the, all the money borrowed and all the money I put in. Right. Oh, even the money you borrowed, you want 10% of that? Or, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. got it. Yeah. All the money invested in the project. So for, if we just do numbers, for example, imagine you sell the property for a million dollars. And if you want it only 10%, then you expect the profit to be a hundred grand, right? Some, yeah. Something like that, right? Pretty much, yeah. <clears throat> so then like when it comes to construction costs, Let's say 75 grand. I don't know what your construction costs are, but this is guesstimate 75 grand uh, holding costs, you know, waiver magic finger, say 25 grand. 
So basically, you need to get the house for. Oh, and then you have closing costs, right? When you sell it, you pay the listing agent and the selling agent. So it's another seven mm-hmm. percent there. Mm-hmm. It's another seventy grand. And then I can't really do math, but let's just say it's around. <laughs> you had to purchase it for what seven hundred ish. Yeah, most of my projects are at least twenty five、uh, to thirty percent below the ARV, at least twenty five to thirty percent less than the final value. Yes. It depends.、Um, a lot of it depends on the size of the project because if you purchase something for five hundred thousand, it's definitely different than if you are doing deals that are one point five million, right?、Yep. The larger the project, the、um, smaller the、um, margin will seem, but it's kind of.、Um, So for bigger deals, I'm looking for a higher number of return, but the percentage-wise, it's the same. Gotcha. Yep. And would、yeah. you ever buy anything that's like functionally deficient, such as no garage or only one bathroom? When it's three I、bedrooms? think、um, a lot of this can be can be fixed when you are doing the rehabs. So、um, if a If a house only has one bathroom,、um, if the footprint allows, you can add a bathroom without having to do an addition, right? You just add it in the existing footprint. If there's no garage but there's a carport, then you can convert a carport carport to a garage. So I would try to、um, fix those issues if I can. But if I really cannot, then I would definitely discount those properties. How much would you discount? A lot. What's a lot? <laughs> um, if it's um just one bathroom, then you evaluate the deal based on houses comps that are only have one bathroom too, right? And if not, that you discount by at least a hundred thousand because one bath bathroom houses don't function the same as two bathroom houses, and a lot of buyers when they are looking for their whole a home to purchase, they may set their criteria to three bedroom, two bath, so、mm-hmm. they wouldn't even see your listing. Yeah, that's true. And、uh, houses that don't have a garage, it depends depends on whether the neighborhood.、Um, Like if a lot of houses have a garage or not. For example, in downtown San Jose, I did a project which didn't have a garage, but all the neighbors don't have garages either. So I was okay with not having a garage for that house. But if your neighbors all have garages and、um, that's what what's expected by the buyers, then you should try to do something about it. Or discount it <laughs> by a hundred thousand. Yeah, I would discount by a hundred. It also depends. It, a lot of factors you have to、um, take into account. Like, what's the sale price that you are looking for? If it's a higher sale price area, like one point five, two million dollars, chances are that people are going to have nice cars that they want to park in the garage.、Mm. So you would have to discount your property by maybe even more. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really like 
there are so many things. So I, that's why I think property evaluation is a very subject matter. It's not like if you uh, present one deal to a lot, a few investors, everyone's going to give you the same number. No, I think everyone's going to evaluate it differently based on their experience, based on their comfort level. Yeah, and like you have to know who your end buyer is going to be too. You have to mm-hmm. think, like you said, oh, two million dollar guy, like they probably have a nice car. You know, mm-hmm. that's something mm-hmm. that some people don't think about. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, really check out the comps. Comps can tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. The lifestyle in a certain neighborhood, what buyers are expecting in the neighborhood. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So let's wrap it up. I think you've given me some amazing knowledge, but what advice would you give to someone who's a newer investor who wants to start out and be you someday? Thanks. I'm flattered. <laughs> um Like we mentioned earlier, I think the first step is you just have to take massive actions. There's no shortcut to success. You have to do the dirty work and you have to be determined to really put in the effort. And also um, to any new investors out there, it's very helpful to um, if you could find an experienced investor to partner with you on your first project. That's what I did um, when I first started. And it was really beneficial. It helped me avoid a lot of mistakes I could have made. I also learned so much more, so so much faster because someone was guiding me through the process. So that could be a very good way for anyone to to get started. And like, so how did you go and approach this more experienced investor? Like, why would he give you the time of day to even help you out? Um, I think a lot of investors, experienced investors are actually very willing to give back. So um, what I did was I just, um, I saw um, my mentor, he was speaking at a meetup event, a, a real estate networking event. So I just, I got his business card. I didn't even get to talk to him there because he was surrounded by um, by other investors or newbies. So um, I just got his business card and the next day I, I called him and we spoke on the phone for over half an hour. He was telling me um, how to get started, what to um, what to expect. And I just know that he's really a great person and really generous, really genuine. And we kept in touch. Um, So he was um, guiding me on um, how to get started and also um, how to approach agents, how to find deals pretty much everything. And then we partnered on the first deal I did. We had an agreement. So he gets um, a percentage of the profit from my first project. And he gave me advice throughout the process. It was amazing. I had a question. So the first point you said was putting in the hard work. Like you said, you must have called over 500 agents and Mm -hmm. you've actually met 
with over a hundred people for either in their office or for coffee. Mm-hmm. How many of them actually brought you deals? I've worked with probably almost ten agents. Wow! So far, nice. Yeah. So yeah,、some、that's a lot agents, of work. Yeah, some agents started to bring me deals repeatedly,、nice. just、um, since like the second half of last year.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so look for the agents that are top producers. They sell a lot of houses each year, so they、um, they have a much better chance of bringing you、um, business repeatedly. Yeah, good point. Good point. So,、mm-hmm. how can people get in contact with you? And you know, you have a great social media profile, so you can go ahead and share that too. Sure. So my、um, you can check out my website. There's a contact us page. The website is transformrealestate.com. It's my、um, transform real estate is my business name, and I also have a Facebook page. It's transform real estate. Instagram, it's the same transform real estate. Yeah, check out the Instagram page. It's super sweet. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so I think that's it. Thank you for being on the show. Sure. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye bye.